Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Manpreet and thank you for joining me today on the Through the Noise podcast. Now, it has been an interesting few weeks in markets. Uh, July, of course, was a pretty constructive one for global equities. Uh, but it was interestingly a situation where bad news was good news. Uh, with weak data pushing bond yields lower, but this, of course, in turn supporting the rise in equity markets. Uh, But after strong July, of course, risky assets did take a bit of a pause over the past week as Fed policymakers were at pains to say the fight with inflation was not quite over. Now, how will this tug of war between inflation and growth worries play out? Will 10-year bond yields retest 3% and will Chinese equities provide exposure that's relatively less correlated to the US cycle? Uh, to discuss these and related questions, we have with us today uh, Fukien, uh, who regular listeners will know is a senior investment strategist in our CIO office. So welcome, Fukien. And uh, look, help us address these questions. We seem to be, as I mentioned, in a strange environment where bad economic data is good news for risky assets like equities, while good economic data is bad for the market. Can you help you know, explain a little bit of what might be going on and how our listeners should consider investing in this environment? Yeah, thanks, Manpreet. Um, so as you say, there is a tug of war now uh, between worries about inflation and growth, on the other hand. So when the market was worried about inflation, uh, bond yields moved up uh, in anticipation of more interest rate hikes to control inflation. And then the narrative shifted uh, towards more worries about growth uh, due to the tighter Fed policy. And with worries about growth, uh, bond yields moved lower over July, and uh, this in turn likely drove the 7% rebound in global equities over July. Now, last week, though, as you said, the Fed officials uh, wanted to re-emphasize that the fight with inflation was not over. So the yields started moving up again the past week. And part of this tug of war means that uh, when economic data comes that is too hot, indicating strong growth, uh, the market worries about inflation and Fed tightening, and that is bad for equities. On the other hand, when market comes in that is too cold, indicating weak growth, the market worries about a recession and bond yields fall, which turns out to be uh, supportive for equities. So while this tug of war between worries about uh, inflation and growth is unlikely to be resolved quickly, uh, for investors, we see two specific opportunities for this environment. So the first is via multi-asset income. Uh, we believe investors should take advantage of some of the highest yields in many years. So we believe uh, rebounds in yields, uh, such as the one that started over the past week, can represent attractive opportunities to add exposure. And this would especially be the case if your 10-year US government bond yields retest the 3% level. And a second way to navigate this environment is via exposure to Chinese equities. So over the past week, uh, manufacturing PMIs in China disappointed and uh, US-China geopolitical tensions rebounded. Okay, But we see an inexpensive valuation and China's economy is at a very different point to that of the US Uh, where Chinese policy is easing to support growth, as opposed to U.S. policy that is tightening uh, to slow growth. Thanks, Fukien. Well, uh, I I thought the last part, of course, was quite interesting in what you you spoke about Chinese equities. Um, I mean, can you really help us understand a little bit more about, uh, you know, how, why you still like it despite the rising geopolitical risks, as you mentioned? I mean, is there a sector-specific story here? Yeah, sure. So for Chinese equities overall, uh, we believe the main driver at this stage 
is China's growth prospects. Okay, as it navigates your COVID-19 lockdowns, there's property market risk, and also targeted policies uh, to stimulate growth. Uh, we continue to see a favorable risk reward as uh, we see growth expectations bottoming with more pro-growth policies being rolled out. Okay, and we expect Chinese equities to outperform global equities over the next 6 to 12 months. So this week, as I said, the US-China geopolitical tensions rebounded. And in the run-up to the US midterm elections in November, uh, we can expect US politicians are likely to keep up a tough stance to avoid appearing soft on China. Now, having said that, we believe that the rising US-China tensions are likely to accelerate China policies towards self-sufficiency, okay, particularly in the area of technology and uh, industries in China like semiconductors and hard manufacturing are likely to benefit as they align with China's uh, self-sufficiency objectives. And the defense sector is likely to see tailwinds as well from your geopolitical tensions. So a sector we see as aligned to uh, self-sufficiency is the industrials sector, uh, where policymakers want to upgrade your manufacturing expertise. And the valuation of industrials is also attractive. And we expect the sector to outperform in China over the next uh, 6 to 12 months. And likewise, we have a preferred view of the communication services sector uh, in China. Uh, we see regulations turning more positive on the internet and media companies within the sector in order to support growth uh, in China. And uh, another sector of interest, uh, especially with the self-sufficiency drive, is technology. So semiconductors account for 30% of China's technology index. And now much of this today are your photovoltaic chips to produce solar energy and not the advanced chips for processing data. But we expect a multi-year effort in China uh, to build up this strategic industry. And other areas of uh, technology sector can also benefit from a growth recovery. So we have a core view uh, of the technology sector. We expect it to perform in line with Chinese equities over the next uh, 6 to 12 months. Thanks, Fukien. Uh, let's sort of come back now to the U.S. again and, and bond deals in the U.S. Uh, that's obviously been one key driver of some of the changes we've seen this week. Uh, what's the outlook for the 10-year U.S. Uh, government bond yield? Yeah, sure. So um, concerns about weakening growth uh, in the long term and the risk that this ends in a recession for the U.S. economy, uh, this has uh, driven the U.S. Treasury yields lower uh, since the middle of June. And the U.S. Treasury curve has uh, inverted further. So your 10-year to 2-year spread has uh, reached levels last seen in the early 2000s, while the 10-year to 3-month yield curve uh, has followed suit into negative territory. Uh, in addition, the market's expectation of the Fed's rate hike trajectory has flattened, i.e. it's turning less hawkish, uh, while its terminal rate expectation has dropped to uh, 3% from about 4% a month ago. Uh, nonetheless, we see a risk that your 10-year yield uh, could retest the 3% level in the short term. So firstly, uh, despite recession worries, we believe economic growth is still healthy, especially when you look at the job market. And uh, secondly, uh, we believe the yield is already pricing in a uh, probability of a recession. So uh, the US government bond yields uh, could edge higher from here should the economic data surprise on the stronger side or the Fed continues to signal their focus on inflation. So in the near term, we expect your 10-year US Treasury yields uh, could retest the 3% and 3.25% levels. 
Uh, longer term, though, we would view any uh, such rebound as an opportunity to add to bonds and your multi-asset income. Thanks, Vikan. Um, finally, just wanted to sort of move to FX because uh, I know we spoke about obviously yields and, and, and Chinese equities, but we've seen a pretty significant move lower in the Japanese yen, the dollar-yen pair as well, which broke below key support earlier this week. Where do you expect this pair to go from here? Yeah, you're right. The US dollar to Japanese yen fell sharply over the past week uh, from above 136. Uh, it broke below key support at 131.3. This was uh, due to overextended long US dollar positions uh, were partly unwound. Okay, However, the pair did not stay below the key support level for long and we see the downtrend has corrected higher to around a 134 after a decline of almost 6.5% from the mid-July high. So the USD to JPY has tracked a relative US-Japan bond yield differentials closely and a rise in the US bond yields in recent days uh, following numerous hawkish comments from Fed officials and uh, positive surprises in US data. Uh, these were the key drivers for this rebound higher in the USD to JPY. Uh, nonetheless, we maintain our bearish view on the dollar-yen uh, over time. The Japanese yen positioning remains short although at less of an extreme level than before. And even though yields could pick up in the short term, we think a significant Fed hiking cycle is largely priced in by the market. And also the elevated US-China geopolitical risk could underpin the Japanese yen. So a break below key support at 130 will likely trigger a test of your next strong support at 126 to 127. The main risk to our view is a break above your key resistance at uh, 136.5, which would signal that the near-term downtrend uh, has reversed. Okay, so some key levels to look out for there. But uh, let's sort of bring the podcast to a close over there today. Uh, thanks, Ukin, of course, for sharing your thoughts. And uh, thank you, listeners, uh, for joining us today. Now, as always, if you want to read more about our market views or strategies for investing in today's markets, uh, please do take a look at the Standard Chartered Wealth Insights page uh, on LinkedIn, uh, where we do regularly post blogs and publication releases. Of course, if you want a more detailed view or to see a full range of material, please do reach out to your relationship manager or investment advisor. Uh, meanwhile, um, you know, we'll wish you, of course, a great weekend, and I'm sure we'll speak with you again next week. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.